Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It is bad news for those running in the Midwest. Bad news for the Midwest midterms. It's Chuck Schumer's fault. Don't don't look at me. I didn't do it. Don't shoot the messenger, people. I'm just saying that it's bad news and it's Chuck Schumer's fault. So, therefore, bad news for Joe Donnelly in Indiana. Bad news for Claire McCaskill in Missouri. Bad news in Florida. And I know, not Midwest, but bad news for Bill Nelson in Florida. It's a whole bunch of bad news. Uh, Tammy Baldwin in Wisconsin going up against Leah Vukmir. Bad news. There's a whole bunch to it. And it involves $3 million. And how those people involved in unions now look at the world. Tony Katz, so great to be with you. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY is the number, 833-468-8669. The story is about Chuck Schumer. Because Chuck Schumer, you know, the Senate minority leader, the the, the head of, of the Senate, well, he's got a, a pack. It's called the Senate Majority Pack, Political Action Committee. They put money in places. They put money in lots of places, places where they think they can win. And the Democrats would love to pick up the Senate. Now, as I've said many, many times, based on uh, a conglomeration of polling and based on having a mind, I still say the Senate stays in Republican hands. And for a long time, I said that the House was leaning left. I am now a believer that the House is leaning push. The House is push. I do not see it leaning left or right still. Even with everything that's happened post-Kavanaugh, I still say push. I don't think we know enough even yet, 20 days out or 19 days out, whichever one we are. But the Senate is not going to the Democrats. It's not going to the Democrats. There's nothing right now that would make me say so. As a matter of fact, everything I'm about to get into further proves the point. The first is the story from the Daily Caller, Tim Pierce, saying that Pew, you know, the the, the research people, uh, they studied the likelihood that Democrat and Republican supporters would identify with certain labels, right? Like traditional values of veterans. And 10% of people who support each party self-identified as union members. It's pretty interesting. Because if you're able to be a union member and you will equally identify as a Republican as you will a Democrat, exactly what is it that can be expected from unions when they vote? Now, different conversation between a rank-and-file conversation and a union leadership conversation. Union leadership is going to give to progressive causes always, always, always. So when unions have an opportunity not to have their dollars pushed towards anything political, I'm always in favor of that because the rank-and-file, they're the ones who get screwed. They're the ones who are being hosed. And I don't think you're a bad person because you belong to the union. If you're going to go work in auto manufacturing, you know what? You're going to belong to a union more likely than not. That's the way the system is set up. I didn't say it should be the only system, but I accept the fact that this is what you do. You're good at making cars, so go make cars. 
right? The rank and file is rarely the issue. The leadership, the Trumpkas of the world, that's where the real issue exists. And the utilization of other people's money to move their political power. And what do they do? These union heads, they support the people who will then push to allow them more power. It's why I always oppose uh, public employees and collective bargaining. Right? The public employee union gives money to the politicians. The politicians uh, then engage in legislation that helps uh, the leadership and you, the people, pay for it. That's, that's gross. That is gross. So, for example, when Wisconsin engaged Act 10, uh, which was about putting an end to that, I was massively in favor. I actually went to Wisconsin back in the day and did a little work uh, on the subject. So it's a pretty interesting kind of look at the numbers from Pew regarding how people view themselves regardless of whether or not they're in a, in a union. And th- that, that the same number exists, Republican and Democrat, is pretty much something else. That brings us to Chuck Schumer. So first, bad news that union guys, and the Midwest has got plenty of them, might see themselves uh, going either way on a subject, right? They can see themselves as Republicans or Democrats and not in any way feel bad about it. That's one. Here's number two. $3 million. We are down to the last 20 days of an election cycle. $3 million is a lot of money. That can do some ad buying. That could make the difference in the polls. And the Senate Majority Pack, which is Schumer-aligned, which is to say Schumer-run, just spent $3 million on Menendez. Oh, I'm sorry, who? Robert Menendez, Bob Menendez of New Jersey. This is bad news for Midwest midterms. If you're Joe Donnelly, you're in a red state in a fight for your life in Indiana against Mike Braun. That money from Chuck Schumer didn't come to you. It went to Bob Menendez. You're Claire McCaskill, desperate for any help you can possibly get in Missouri. That money didn't come to you in her race against Josh Hawley. That money went to Bob Menendez. It went to the East Coast. But take it a step further. Dig a little bit deeper. Don't just say, all right, they gave the money to Bob Menendez. He must be in a tight race. They gave the money to Bob Menendez in solidly blue New Jersey. What in the hell is happening when Bob Menendez in Jersey is having problems with the Republican? Well, it could be. I'm not saying it is. It could be ads like this, the one run by Bob Hugan, the Republican in the state of New Jersey. Listen. When will we as a society begin to believe women, to trust women? 
What a hypocrite. What about the underage girls who accused you, according to the FBI? New Jersey's Bob Menendez is being forced to deny allegations of engaging with prostitutes. Sex with underage prostitutes in the Dominican Republic. It's right here in this shocking FBI affidavit. President Obama's Justice Department had evidence that for several years, Menendez had been traveling to the Dominican Republic to engage in sexual activity with prostitutes, some of whom were minors even as young as 16. Worse, after the FBI caught you lying about your trips to the Dominican Republic, your lawyers even argued that having sex with underage girls overseas would hardly be a federal crime. Outrageous. When will we as a society begin to believe women? Really, Bob? It's time for you to go. I'm Bob Hugan, and I approve this message. If you take a look at the Real Clear Politics average, you will see Bob Menendez ahead by seven points. Back in late September, um, he was ahead uh, plus six, plus two. The last two, including 845 likely voters October 2nd to the 5th, he was ahead by 10, putting him ahead 7.2. You would think that that's comfortable. You would think that might be tight for New Jersey, but enough. And Chuck Schumer said, that's who gets my $3 million. Not to win a seat they were lucky enough to have in Indiana, not to keep a seat they amazingly kept in Missouri when they beat Todd Akin because they were lucky enough to run against Todd Akin. Claire McCaskill, Joe Donnelly, accidental senators. No, New Jersey. So not only is it bad news for the Midwest midterms for for some of these Democrats, What is it saying about the Democratic Party and where they think their power base is? By the way, one more, Florida. Florida right now, this is uh, from the uh, uh, St. Pete polls. They had 1,974 respondents, 2.2% margin of error. Now, I don't know if these are registered voters or likely voters or simply respondents. It's 20 days before Election Day. The Democrat socialist Andrew Gillum, the mayor of uh, Tallahassee, the one endorsed by Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, 47%. Republican Ron DeSantis, 46%. Among those who already say they voted because of early voting, which I hate, early voting, DeSantis, 49%, Gillum, 45%. In the Senate race... You have Rick Scott with a lead over Bill Nelson, 49 to 47. Scott's at 50% with those who already voted. And, of course, they just had Hurricane Michael. Scott is currently the governor running for Senate. There is pressure all over the place. All over. But I'm sorry. You you, you could talk about polls and question them all, all you will. You know what you can't question? That Chuck Schumer thought his best bet was putting his $3 bucks in New Jersey. That is saying something. And it's given a big middle finger to those Midwest midterm Democrats. I'm Tony Katz. All right, this is getting weird. This is getting really weird. It's Roseanne and James Woods thing. Maybe it's only me who, who's following this. Hold on. I'm going I'm to tweet James Woods right now. Um, wait, what is, what is James Woods on Twitter? 
Is is he, is he J, uh, underscore? Yeah, he's uh, well, real James Woods. Are you seriously considering or pitching a show? Hold on, I'm, I'm I'm doing this right now. You would star in with Roseanne. I mean, I, I'm curious, and here's why. This is this has been coming up a couple times in my Twitter feed, and and James Woods just asked, can can Roseanne still have the her name if she were to do the show at another network? Like if she were to go somewhere else. And 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 do a show, like w- would she be able to keep her name? That's what he's been asking, and this comes from a story yesterday. Wait, hold on, wait, R- Jam- real James Woods, are you seriously considering or pitching a show you would star in with Roseanne? Real Roseanne, okay, good. Th- yesterday, where someone said to him, "Hey, uh, you should do a show with Roseanne," and he wrote back, "I would seriously consider that." Now, James Woods, uh, the act- I'm Tony Katz, by the way. How you doing? How you doing? Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. James Woods basically has left Hollywood. Uh, He's political on Twitter. Everybody knows who he is, and he hasn't done uh, other other stuff for for a while. And he'll tell you that he doesn't get parts because of his conservatism. Now, that's not true of everybody, because Nick Searcy is a conservative, and he is acting all the time. And you take guys like Michael Walsh, and and a, and a and a bunch of others, right? Um, who are all in that world, and and they're still working. So I think that he could work if he wanted to. His agent dropped him though, and and it's not like he couldn't get another agent, etc. But it's it's like it's this thing of he's really asking. If he's really serious, that's kind of interesting. To that end, the Connors debuted last night. This is a Roseanne without Roseanne. It was 35% down from last year when it debuted as Roseanne with Roseanne. Down 35%. Now, it was at such a high that it might still be a good number. Uh, But we'll see what happens with the show. But if Roseanne did a show with James Woods, do you watch? Do you watch that show? Here's uh, the, the, the answer. If it's a good show. You know, you know, I watched Last Man Standing because the truth is, it's funny. It's funny. You know, it was never funny. King of Queens. You know, it was never funny. Yes, dear. These shows were not funny. Yes, dear. Did like four or five seasons. I don't even know how. You don't even know the show. Not funny. So, it, but Last Man Standing is 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 funny. It's funny. I don't know if people are still watching it. It's there on Fox. People fought for it and fought for it to be on Fox and fought for it to be there. Are they Are they uh, still Are they still watching? Or are they, once again, talking a big game uh, about uh, conservatism? Uh, yet when the, the moment comes, they're like, ah, no, 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 no. We, we don't really care about it. And then when, when The Last Man Standing gets canceled uh, before the year is out, they're going to say, you see, it's a cabal against conservatives. You gotta actually watch the damn show, people. You gotta actually watch the show. I mean, that's the, the, the those are those are the rules. Thirty five percent down though from from where they were. That's let me tell you, that is not what ABC wanted at all. Overheard. 
Here's Brian. Hey, breaking news. Senator Lindsey Graham is gangsta. He's OG. He's ghetto fresh. He's terms used by the youth of today in the inner city. Eh, just listen to the montage. It's dope. Huh? All right, just listen. Let me just tell you about the critics. Uh, when I worked with President Obama, and I did on yeah. occasion, um, I was a hero. Now, when I work with President Trump, I'm two-faced. I know how the game's played, and I don't give a You've humiliated this guy enough, and there seems to be no bottom for some of you. So, so why don't we dunk him in water and see if he floats? If you don't like me working with President Trump to make the world a better place, I don't give a sh- Oh, for real? These two people who are my friends have no idea what they're talking about. And let me tell to my, my friend Bob, what y'all have done is bull****. Um, Yahtzee! What, they don't say that? Lindsey Graham, thank you very much. Come thank back you. in a couple of weeks and yeah. we'll take a hey, look. We'll, we'll, we'll find we'll out who you really are. I'll probably be Iranian and be like terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 we don't say that. That's not good. That's not very good at all. All right, look, he's new to this gangsta thing. He's new to OG. Maybe someone just kind of needs to work with him a little bit on the basic parameters that one can safely operate within when portraying the character of an OG, huh? Can we get in touch with Kanye? Give him a cut. Uh, no, uh, don't call Kanye. You know what? Maybe it's just out of context. What we need to do is hear it in its full contextualization of gangsterness. Did I say that right? Okay, here we go. Let me see. Lindsey Graham was on Fox and Friends. Donald Trump responded to Elizabeth Warren's DNA test by saying he was going to take his own DNA test. Graham said he was going to take his own DNA test as well. Okay, clip. Lindsey Graham, thank you very much. Come thank back you. in a couple of weeks and yeah. we'll take and a look. We'll, we'll find we'll out who you really are. I'll probably be Iranian and be like terrible. <laughs> <laughs> see, you just needed to hear it in its full context. That very much helped in no way whatsoever. Hey, speaking of gangster, rapper T.I. is in trouble after releasing a clip of a video that shows First Lady Melania Trump dancing in the Oval Office. And not only is she dancing, she's dancing naked. The clip, a part of a promotional rollout by rapper T.I., shows a fake Mrs. Trump in the Oval Office stripping off a replica of that infamous green jacket. T.I. didn't respond to our request for comment, but tweeted with the video, Dear 45, I ain't Kanye. Here's a clip of the song, just, you know, a Imagine Melania dancing naked. Good tune, very nightclub friendly. Can you imagine the outrage if someone had put out this kind of a video when Barbara Bush was first lady? Well, even if something like this took place in real life, we can at least take solace in the fact that it would not be the most perverse thing to ever take place in the White House. You know what I mean? I don't know what happens, man. You know, I, I like I turn around and there's a woman there and she's willing. I mean, I, I feel like I shouldn't let her down by, you know, kind of letting myself go up. I whip it out. I zip it up again. All right. That's all I got. Have a good day. Shame on you, Brian Baker. Tony Katz, so great to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. The First Lady is fine, but her plane uh, had to turn around after a technical, I should say mechanical failure, on board uh, that filled uh, the cabin with smoke. Um, The plane then turned around and landed uh, at Andrews uh, Air Force uh, Base, uh, the First Lady 
deplaned. Uh, she was heading to Philadelphia for a speaking uh, in- engagement at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia. Just took another plane. Uh, what it is yet, um, we don't know. And I'm not so sure that they're going to tell us. But anytime there is an issue, I mean, when you talk about the maintenance on uh, the uh, on a plane like this, uh, angel maintenance is what it's called. That's the the team that works on Air Force One and, and, and the rest of these. These guys take it seriously. And when there's an issue of any kind, an issue like this, it gets a remarkable amount of attention. The the level of checks and background checks you have to go through in order to be able to uh, to get on to these assignments because it's carrying the president, it's carrying the vice president, it's carrying uh, uh, cabinet secretaries and, and, the, and the rest. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big deal. It is a massive uh, deal. Uh, one other massive deal, a shocking, shocking story that simply is ridiculous. There is a disgusting food museum. There's a museum for everything. It's in Malmo, Sweden. It's going to open later this month. Uh, It's uh, displaying 80 disgusting foods from around the world. Uh, Japanese cod sperm, which, by the way, I saw them open up for Oingo Boingo in 1988. It was a great show. Mexican tree ant larvae. Chinese mouse wine. You know what else is in there? Root beer. Root beer is there in the Disgusting Food Museum, and if, uh, I can't even believe it, Twinkies. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! How in the world is a Twinkie disgusting? Twinkies are amazing. I, if someone brought me a box of Twinkies right now, I would eat all said Twinkies. Regular chocolate, extra stuffing, makes no difference. Fry it. The State Fair is built on the fried Twinkie, which is better than the fried Oreo, even though the fried Oreo is amazing. It's a terrible, terrible museum in Sweden. I mean, it's just the worst. All right, Japanese cod sperm, that does, that does sound terrible. Tony Katz. Sorry, I was getting into the music there. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. I swear I didn't want to do any story at all regarding Horseface and Tiny. There, It is the... I thought that the Elizabeth Warren story was the dumbest story in all of America. Oh, no, 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 no. Horseface and Tiny, which I'm pretty sure is going to be... A, an adult film you can pick up by the end of the week. Honestly, if Vivid isn't making Horseface and Tiny, if that film isn't already in post-production, it got said yesterday, if that's not in post-production right now, let me tell you, Chatsworth has let me down altogether. It was the president who decided uh, to uh, tweet out after uh, the word came down 
that the uh, defamation lawsuit from Stormy Daniels was um, thrown out of court and she was uh, ordered to pay uh, his legal fees. The president <whistles> sent out a tweet um, being all sorts of excited. I don't know why that cut off. Uh, all sorts of excited about it uh, and referred to her as horseface. And I said yesterday, I don't know what the what the hell this means. I don't know what that means at all. I don't know why he's doing it. I don't know why he would say it. It's, uh, listen, I'm not a fan of Stormy Daniels. I'm not a fan of, of Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti is a ridiculous clown show. As a matter of fact, here's what Avenatti said after that, that tweet went out. It's a sad day in America when the president of the United States calls a woman a horse face. Donald Trump should be ashamed of himself. I don't care if you're on the right, the left, or the center. No man should call a woman a horse face, especially the president of the United States. I have two daughters. I think it's a disgrace. I don't care what your political persuasion is. You should condemn it as well. Just absolutely, positively insane. That here's Michael Avenatti actually putting out this video. And the video, it's so poorly done. It's so poorly produced. He looks so angry in it. I can't believe he called a woman a horse face. No one can. And by the way, it was it was unforced error and daft and unnecessary and, and, and ridiculous. And ridiculous. Enter Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels sends out her own uh, tweet. Uh, that says, ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you your president, your president. In addition to his um, shortcomings, he has demonstrated his incompetence, hatred of women, and lack of self-control on Twitter again, and perhaps a penchant for bestiality. Game on, tiny. What the hell do you do with that? This is 2018. This is happening in our lives. What in the hell do you do with that? Enter Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi deciding to discuss how uh, the, the wall... Is, is a non-starter. There's nothing she would trade for President Trump's border wall. She's setting the hard negotiation stance, right? This is maybe in December. They're going to talk about, you know, uh, budgets. They're going to talk about funding. And, and, and so she's maybe setting up for this. That's the way Roll Call wants to go about the story. And uh, she says it happens to be like a manhood issue for the president building a wall. And I'm not interested in that. It's a manhood issue. Oh, boy, is this great. This is insane. This is completely insane. Now, we've been discussing the wall, and we've discussed the wall many times. I've discussed it on, on Fox News and, and in other places. You have to understand that the wall for, for President Trump is everything because the wall is symbolism. 
right? It's it's more than just the idea of promises made, promises kept. It's more than just the idea uh, that um, that he 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 really is worried about um, immigration and wants to keep people out. Donald Trump is a builder. Donald Trump creates things. There have been people who commented, you know, Donald Trump, he's way. And now he's only probably worth $2 billion. He maybe once was $8, $9 billion. If Donald Trump had just invested his money, he'd be worth more today. Uh, he, what, a, what a terrible businessman he is. That terrible businessman has done more for the city of New York than any politician who claims to work for or around New York. There is not a member of the city council. There is not a senator. There is not a congressman who has done more for New York than Donald Trump. That ego of his and putting those na- that name up there in gold created a tax base for New York that none of these other politicians have ever come close to, hired people in New York the way these other politicians will never come close to. Not for a second. If Donald Trump wasn't the egomaniac that he is, New York is a poorer place and less people have jobs and less people have places to live. So if I were those New York politicians, I'd be saying thank you because that guy's hubris and ego created wealth for thousands. Oh, he made all the money. Horse crap. New York makes all the money. Where do you think that tax base is? Don't be silly. Don't act like you're naive. You were just born yesterday. You know how it goes. That's how it works. Be thankful. But most importantly, he is a builder. The idea of success to Donald Trump is seeing that name in gold. Because there is a truth to what Nancy Pelosi says. Every time there's another hotel, every time there's another building, every time there's another tower with his name on it, it's a monument to the fact that he was right, that he was unbeatable, that he was unstoppable. You know, we talk about... uh, the kids, Donald Trump Jr., Eric, uh, Ivanka, they went to the finest schools. They had the finest pedigree. They were involved in the, the socialite scene of, of, of New York. Donald Trump Jr. was trying to, uh, Donald Trump was trying to prove himself to his father. Donald Trump was trying to prove himself to New York because all of these elitists in New York, they didn't want, they're not interested in the, the guy from Queens and, well, Fred Trump, he's, he, he builds in Brooklyn. Well, he built Trump Village. He built Trump, you know, there's an area called Trump Village. My grandmother actually lived in, in Trump Village uh, in, in her later years. My mother lived in, in, in those apartments as well. Right? So, so he does have a, a little bit uh, to, to, to prove for himself. He does have this drive within him. And the way he has dealt with that is putting his name in gold and associating it with what? The best. The wall is a monument to his ability to get it done, what they said couldn't be done. In New York, you want to talk about something that Trump did that none of these other politicos did, none of these other elitists did, none of these other uh, social justice warriors ever did, the Wallman skating rink. The Wallman Skating Rink was a total disaster there in Central Park. It was an unusable uh, uh, wretch of a space. You couldn't ice skate. You couldn't enjoy it. The city tried for years, 
for years to rebuild it and rebuild it. They tried for years, and they couldn't get it done because it is a government entity, and all government entities are freaking incompetent. Donald Trump said, give me the thing. What was it, nine months? Under budget? The Walman skating rink. Done. Up. Finished. What's next? That's what he did, and he did it for no profit. He did it for the cost of actually doing it, got it done, said, okay, there you go. There's a skating rink. You enjoy, kids. That's what he did for New York. To build the thing, to do what they say cannot be done, is exactly how he works. It is what drives him, what moves him, what motivates him. To be able to prove the other guy wrong, to be able to say, yeah, of course I did it. This is what I do. I did it. You doubt me. You see what happens when you doubt me? Who you doubt? You going to doubt me again? Are you going to doubt me again? You're not going to doubt me again, are you? Don't you doubt me. Don't you doubt me. What? I got to prove it again? Okay, I'll prove it again. Watch. Watch. Watch how I do it. I'll prove it again. And again. And again. It's not manhood. He's still maybe proving himself to his father. I don't know. The relationship between fathers and sons, why, it's different for other people? No, it's just as crazy as you know it is with your own father or your own son. It's not easy. But he builds. He creates. And he will, to whatever extent he can, build a wall. And it doesn't matter if Nancy Pelosi likes it or not. But if you like it, may I suggest voting in the midterms. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. I, I was just talking about uh, Trump in New York and someone on, on the Facebook feed, because, you know, we live stream the show uh, from time to time. We're doing so right now, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. Uh, Trump also called for the death lynching of five black New Yorkers. He's talking about uh, the Central Park Five. This is a case that goes back quite a few years. Um, the the Central Park uh, uh, Five, in 1989, accused of assaulting and raping a white woman in Central Park. Um, it was uh, Trump who spent uh, money placing full-page ads in uh, all four papers calling for the return of the death penalty. And this guy on, on Twitter said uh, he called for lynching. Whoa, 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 whoa. If you want to make the argument that, listen, they were never actually guilty, go right ahead. If you want to make the argument that Trump was wrong at the time, you certainly can. 14 years after their sentences were vacated based on DNA rev- uh, evidence, they, the, the argument that the New York Times is making is that he doubles down because they admit they were guilty, the police doing the original investigation, they were guilty, uh, etc. I don't know where he is on it now, but he didn't, as I know it, didn't call for lynching then don't get involved in hyperbole and don't listen to hyperbole and as for people who maybe got it wrong because if you want to argue we got it wrong i'm not going to stop you you go right ahead go right ahead argue we got it wrong can we argue that al sharpton got it wrong on tawana brawley can we argue that he proactively lied when he said tawana brawley was raped by police officers when it never happened Will he apologize for ruining the life of Officer Steve Pagonis and others? Will he give back the money 
that he has made for the years over that. Now, I don't want to get into what about ism. You want to talk about President Trump and Search of Park 5, you can. Feel free. But that is the what about ism because I'm discussing the fact that Donald Trump has done more for New York than any of your so-called heroes, anybody you can mention in the social justice movement, and yes, any politico you can think of. Ari said, what about Rudy Giuliani? And I said, ooh, oh, that's good right there. Rudy Giuliani is good right there. I would still say Trump did more. Giuliani certainly um, uh, cleaned up that city, and Giuliani, uh, post-September 11th, uh, nobody, nobody could have done it better, literally, and nobody. Um, but I was referring to the people who say that Trump is terrible. Trump's never done anything. Trump doesn't care. And guys like this who are on the on the Facebook feed uh, playing the part of the damn fool uh, wanted to talk about the Central Park Five. That is not the totality of President Trump in New York. Everybody who's rational knows that. Now I move on. Let's do a midterm wrap-up. Let's see where we're at with uh, some of this, with some of this polling, with some of, uh, some of the issues there. Because as I talked about, you know, earlier with the $3 million that Chuck Schumer is now giving to Robert Menendez, as opposed to uh, uh, putting into uh, a lot of other close races, I mean, this is this is uh, pretty crazy. This is pretty much uh, unbelievable. You know, you take a look at the Senate race in Florida, and um, this race still has Bill Nelson up two points, well within the margin of error. The incumbents going up against the the governor, Rick Scott, who's running uh, for Senate, this is still there. Again, not one poll. I'm taking a multiplicity of polls. In Michigan, really it's a Senate race that I'm looking at, which is um, John James versus Debbie Stabenow. The overall from Real Clear Politics has Stabenow up 16 points. The latest poll they have, which is Mitchell Research, uh, has Stabenow up nine. And she has been as high as 23. The last three polls are 23, 18, and 9. So the question is, what does the next poll bring us? And does it show a continued downward trend? Uh, John James should have himself an opportunity in Michigan. Um, but if, if, if they do keep stab now, it does tell you how fortunate President Trump was to come out of there with a win. What was it, 10,000, 12,000 votes? That was a separator there? Um they could continue to be willing to just vote for people because they always have as opposed to uh, they should. Ohio has not gotten much conversation. Um, you have uh, Jim Renacci. I think you pronounce it Renacci, R-E-N-A-C-C-I. I think that's how you do it. Against Sherrod Brown, who is uh, the incumbent. Brown is up 16. The last three polls, 17, 13, and 18, all, all for Brown. I'm, I'm not surprised that he's popular. Uh, in Ohio, I'm uh, I'm sad for Ohio, uh, but I'm not surprised uh, for for Ohio. Uh, in the governor's race in Ohio, that's a whole different thing, right? You got Kasich right now, so Kasich uh, uh, claims to be a Republican. <laughs> see how I, see how I did that? Claims to be a Republican, uh, and you've got Mike DeWine, the Republican, going up against Richard Cordray, the Democrat. Richard Cordray is the guy who used to run the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, this nonsense organization that was created by Obama and Elizabeth Warren. He's the one who wanted to handpick his successor when he left and tried to sue President Trump to say he, as President of the United States, couldn't decide who was in charge. This is a race that has Cordray up about three within the margin of error. 
The last poll was October 4th to 8th, which had Cordray up six. The poll before that was NBC News Marist and had it as a tie. So a tie to plus six is a nice swing for, for Cordray. We'll see. These are some of the races that we're going to be looking at. It's more than just Senate and, and House, right? There's, there is a real consideration about the control of state houses and the control of, of state legislatures. Uh, Cruz right now up seven over Beto. Oh, they had the, uh, they had their uh, debate last night. Did you, did you hear the debate? This is what you can expect over the course of this debate. Uh, Senator Cruz is not going to be honest with you. He's going to make up positions and votes that I've never held or have ever taken. He's dishonest. It's why the president called him lying Ted, and it's why the nickname stuck, because it's true. Um, adorable. Uh, adorable. I mean, smart use of using the, 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 the term, uh, but this is a, a race that really and truly should not be an issue uh, for Ted Cruz, the more you look at it. And if you look at the governor's race, Greg Abbott uh, running against the Democrat, uh, Lupe Valdez, he's up by 20 He's up by 20 points. How does that not carry through to Cruz? They spent so much money in Texas, the Democrats have. That's why they don't have money for a lot of other races. And so many people have donated to Beto O'Rourke because, you know, he's the savior. Midwest Democrats, Florida Democrats, they're all losing out. Those are where the tight races are. More on this tomorrow, everyone. Take care.